1: If you like to think rugby is a civilised sport played by gentlemen, stop listening
2: now. Before I could know it, he's pulled his trousers down, um, taken a bottle of beer shoved it up his ass, done a handstand.
1: From dealing drugs to defecating on dance floors, rugby is filled with absolute robins.
0: Rugby star Danny Cipriani was discharged from the hospital after being hit by a double-decker bus while on a night out with teammates in Leeds.
1: As the World Cup kicks off, meet rugby's rowdiest reprobates.
2: Thanks to the worst press conference I've ever had in world rugby. Worst press conference. Well done, boys. That is the
3: worst I've ever seen.
1: And joining me for a quick game of Soggy Biscuit today,
4: it's Zach from the Upshot. Hello, Jack. Hi, mate. How you doing? I'm good. Yes, yeah. you've been Yeah, yeah I'm uh, looking forward to spilling my uh, extensive rugby knowledge. Yeah, <laughs>
1: big, big week of egg tossing and clapping yeah. for you this week, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, every yeah. week, every week. Zach has been talking all week about how he's a massive fan of the game so I, <laughs> I live
2: and breathe rugby yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: so we're, we're looking forward to hearing his, his deep knowledge joining us also is Mr. Sammy James
2: hello I didn't agree to the soggy biscuit though <laughs> <laughs> <Too late>. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works fresher <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is, this is, have I got to do initiation uh, well you might just have
1: to I, I, I've just been to the loose I can't do a pint of piss oh uh, can't, no, can't, can't, can't do soggy biscuit <laughs> 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 I'm just played hey, so <laughs> uh, had, had a tactical game before. I'm sure we can get some vom in a glass or something for you. Uh, yeah, we're talking rugby union today. Sammy, actually, Sammy, just quick introduction. Sammy is one half of our extraordinary producing pair. Yes. Is that a normal way to describe it? I mean, you said it and I'm happy to take it. I made it sound quite camp and fairy tale, <laughs> A little bit, yes. And Victorian, uh, but also an excellent guest to be having today. And you used to play a bit of rugby, didn't you? Uh,
2: I was what they call a B team legend. Um, never the A team, always the B team. Um, Extremely competitive. Are you one of those twats, which happens in football too, who are bollocking their teammates during games? No, no, I wouldn't say it was at my teammates. It was more just, you know... Get in a rock, give someone a little jab. Yeah, really? Give someone a little kick. I don't have
4: you down as that, that type.
2: Yeah, you know, put, in, <laughs> put me in the ring, mate. you get a yeah, whole different yeah. Sammy. You think
4: you're a camp producer extraordinaire
2: <laughs> <laughs> on
1: the picture, right, bastard? I actually remember in an under 10s game at school, because I played a bit of rugby, oh, yeah. Oh. I, I'd seen on TV that week someone like stamping on someone's hand in a ruck. Yeah. And I copied it because I thought that's what you're meant to do. Got sent off.
2: It's it quite rare in under 10s, under 11s. Under yeah, I got a couple of red cards in my time as well. Did you do any
1: initiations?
2: No. So I was very much a school rugby player where there were no initiations. And then I took one look at what happens at university and gave that a very, very wide berth.
1: Yeah, it gets pretty nasty. But we had a few people write in about initiations to the upshot. <laughs> there was Ollie who said... A friend of mine used to play rugby for the local first team. He told me about some of the things that go on, one of which was the Twix forfeit. (laughs) If they played away and lost, in an effort to leave as quickly as possible, whoever was last out the showers and onto the bus was then made to ceremoniously insert a Twix into himself and then eat it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Just why? Why (laughs) do you need to do that? I actually
4: think that's vanilla compared to some of the stuff (laughs) they get up to. I remember hearing about one... I think it was Manchester Uni, where the, the freshers who were joining the team had to had to play a game of apple bobbing with a dead rat. I heard about this. Yeah, in a in a barrel of cider, um, and then <laughs> so they were rub rub chili on their genitals uh, while drinking the same rat-infused cider from the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, harmful. It's isn't just it? like why why are
1: you doing this? I'm walking out in that scenario. Yeah. You're allowed to play if you don't do that.
2: Well, I think this was always the question, wasn't it? Where people, I think there was a lot of people that I knew who enjoyed playing rugby at school and all like, oh, I, I really don't want to get involved in that, but I do quite like playing rugby. And it was kind of the unanswered question, really, as to whether you were allowed to play without doing the initiations. And they always said yes, but I kind of think it was a no.
1: Yeah, or you can't come to the socials, probably, if you don't drink the rat-flavoured cider.
2: I remember there was a guy at, um, at Leeds when I was was there, and I think he was the first or second's captain. And um, this actually wasn't in a rugby initiation, but it kind of gave you a measure of the kind of people that played rugby at uni. He came up with this online persona called man versus booze. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. (laughs) And he used to um, do these things in his kitchen at uni and he put on like a mask and he'd just be like, Hello, it's man versus booze, and it'd be like a whole (laughs) bottle of tequila. And I remember he kind of like did a series of challenges, starting up from beer all the way to absinthe, and he would just neck the entire bottle of something, put it back on the table, and be like, "Glass dismissed." Yeah, (laughs) but also it was it was like
1: scary amounts. I've just found the Daily Mail article a foolish student who became a poster boy for binge Britain. <laughs> and here he is from 21 year old from Leeds drinks, pint of vodka in seven seconds. And then three bottles of wine in a minute, 160 units of alcohol in just two weeks.
2: Is that, is mm. that a lot? Yeah, I remember there being, it was like, there was like teasers for like his next ones. It would be like today he's doing absinthe, And we were all like, what's he going to do yeah. next? Do you
4: remember that? Uh, neck nominate. phase yes. yes.
2: Where people were just drinking pints
4: of like, I don't know, it'd be a p- half vodka, half, Half like whatever you could find in the fridge and people were just necking it on camera it's just yeah. so grim
1: it's it's not rugby but it's sort of rugby adjacent it's that like uni rugby lad culture yeah. isn't it?
4: yeah yeah
1: yeah what do you think he's doing now man v booze?
4: having a liver transplant yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, i bet he's like
1: a consultant or something yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. probably got a really senior senior position yeah. at ernst young yeah. or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Should probably say to listeners, we do like rugby. Uh, we've, we, you know, we've we've just spent a good few minutes slating its wider university culture, but you know, we we, we like a bit of rugby. Mm-hmm. However, we are going to spend the next however long talking about the other side of it, yeah. an extension of that kind of uni lad culture, because we're diving into the biggest reprobates <laughs> in the game. So, I mean, it's it's very much like our Premier League wrongons episode, if, if you caught that one, we've drafted a squad. Full
2: 15? We no, gonna- we're going to
1: pick seven, like rugby sevens. Oh, yes. I like that. I should say, you're not going to see many of these guys at the World Cup, which is kicking off next week. Mm-hmm. I'd like to begin okay. by proposing the granddaddy of all rugby reprobates. And that is Mr. Lorenzo Bruno Nero Dalalio, O B E. <laughs> is that is, is that actually his name? Yeah, that is sorry, Lorenzo. The, the listeners will know him better as Lawrence Dalalio, of course. Legendary England flanker, uh, sometime captain, Wasps player, and bit of a naughty boy is how I describe him. Yeah, quite like the bloke, but uh, he's he's been up to all sorts.
2: I always think he comes across quite nicely on on the TV. He's obviously part of that. Yeah, the World Cup winning squad. I wouldn't have thought he had... Uh, I, I know he has got some skeletons in his closet, but he doesn't come across that when you when you see him.
4: Yeah, no,
1: he's a sort of like well-spoken, nice guy, quite confident. I mean, I've never met the bloke. You he's can, got
4: an OBE at least. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And they've never gave those to
0: anyone <laughs> <Yeah>. bad.
2: <laughs> Hasn't been
4: stripped of it at least.
1: <laughs> So Lawrence's big moment came when he was appointed England captain in the mid-90s. And this was an interesting time. He was replacing Will Carling, Mm -hmm. his predecessor. I think there was someone in the middle. But he came after Will Carling, who had been quite a colourful figure. He was a very successful England captain. But he'd always been sort of a bit of a tabloid subject of interest. He'd been accused of having an affair with Princess Diana, most interestingly. Wow. And Delalio came in as a kind of, you know, young, refreshing guy, very much with it, together, very presentable, a fine style of a gentleman, I saw him referred to (laughs) as somewhere, (laughs) Uh, which obviously made him a brilliant target for the tabloids. Okay. And it didn't take long for the news of the world to stitch him up royally. So they they hired their or they, they picked their best looking feature writer and sent her in for a meeting with Delalio, which was officially she was supposed to be representing a shaving company talking to him about sponsorship. Was uh,
4: he was he bald at this point? Was that the was that the joke? Ball. Yeah,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: don't think he was. <laughs> I think it was so sort of a, a head waxing
1: company yeah. <laughs> just to really rub it in. <laughs> no, I think he legitimately thought it was a sponsor. You know, rugby had just turned pro. So it was like a, a, a moment where these players are getting courted and they obviously played to his ego. They sent a good looking girl, got him pissed in a hotel and they went back to the hotel room and little did Lawrence know she was wearing a wire and she quickly steered the conversation towards drugs and sex. And Lawrence confessed to her that he'd dealt cocaine in his youth whoa and i remember i mean i was quite young when this story came out but i remember uh, the way i remember the story was delalio has taken cocaine which felt like a big deal as an eight-year-old but <laughs> i actually i went back into the news of the world archive and read what he claimed to her on tape and he said to her i used to drive from one end of london to the other with five or six ounces of cocaine i made big big <laughs> money five or six uh, ounces of cocaine is like what 100 grams more So that's like several thousand pounds worth of cocaine. That's proper drug dealing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Who was he selling to? Just to mates, mate. Just to mates. Yeah. Lawmates. Of (laughs) course.
3: I don't know. He said before rugby,
1: that's how he made his money. He, He sits down in the hotel suite with this News of the World reporter who he thinks just a sort of flirty Gillette rep. Other brands are available. And the conversation starts with sort of talking about wild rugby stories, but it doesn't take long before he's boasting of about sprinkling cocaine on his knob before sex and offering to lick drugs off the reporter's body.
2: So it escalates pretty quickly. Oh, uh, wow the reporter in this moment must have been like oh my god yeah. i've done so well today Ke-ching.
4: i came through journalism school for this yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Scoop, yeah. sting 101
1: yeah. yeah so in his defense he he has to resign as england captain within days and he says look i it was bravado i was showing off because i thought it was just like a you know
2: a a person who was interested in me and I've been drinking. So that must be why then, obviously because Martin Johnson is the captain during the rugby world cup. Mm. I actually didn't realize that Lawrence was probably there, you know, and obviously he'll be happy that he won the world cup, but it could have been him lifting the trophy. So was
4: he stripped of the captaincy after this? Yeah. He resigned. He'd only been Uh, captain
1: for probably a year. He'd replaced a, a stopgap guy and yeah, he'd been captain for about a year. He was doing quite well, I think. England had just choked the Six Nations and then this story comes out and he's like, fuck's sake. And yeah, he had to quit. They didn't drop him, I don't think. He was certainly in the team for years after that. But yeah, he, he didn't captain England again, I don't think. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> other, other than that, through his playing career, he kind of kept his head down. I mean, he was always, there were always sort of rumours that he you know, liked to party, but nothing, nothing too shocking. And then, if we fast forward 24 years to 2020, Britain's just going down into lockdown. Everyone's feeling scared. The upshot are pretty desperate for stories. And I'm on the Daily Mail website one day looking for something. And up up pops a story that England rugby legend Lawrence DeLalio's credit card had been used in a Hoban brothel to rack up a £10,000 bill. And they didn't say he'd spent it on this, but on the menu at the brothel was cocaine and high-class hookers. Right. I don't know if they also sold. Was that appetizer or was that... um... (laughs) Yeah, what order? (laughs) So they found his credit card had been used to make four payments on the same day, totaling £10,000. And the escorts at the brothel charged 300 pounds an hour. So that's that's about Oof. what 300 hours
4: plus of Do you still have that big Gillette contract? In? <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> so the way he gets done oh, I forget so out on The way he gets done is
1: the brothel gets raided by anti-vice cops and they fight they go through the till receipts and they find his credit card and it gets used as evidence in court. So I think actually this this spending had happened before lockdown, but it comes out the story comes out just as the UK is entering lockdown, mm. which is quite an unfortunate time to be stuck at home with your wife <laughs>
4: just as that story's emerging
1: yeah. I mean look it's perfectly possible he just popped in there for a drink a glass of orange juice but, yeah uh, it was his favourite bar
4: yeah
2: <laughs> they play good music <laughs> they've got great live bands and a pub quiz on a Thursday
1: <laughs> but I'm willing to wager that Lawrence has at some point in his life had a taste for cocaine and prostitutes I think like now they're a bit more professional although Zach there are some recent characters who certainly qualify as reprobates
4: yeah, so next one up is uh Eddie Jones, England's former coach who one of your favorites? One of my one of my probably top top 6, top 7 <laughs> uh England England coaches of the last two decades. <laughs> I just love the uh Tactical style, <laughs> yeah. just the way they just restore the way they, pride in the jersey. The way they <laughs> kick it sometimes, and then other times catch it and run with it.
2: <laughs> Love his formations. It's, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, so Eddie Jones, who apparently from what I've what I've heard, ran an absolute reign of terror uh, in the England camp. Apparently, all of the all of the players were absolutely terrified of him and his staff as well. My uh, my favorite story. From, from his, uh, from his reign. So they were in training one day and one of his assistant coaches made a kind of minor mistake in training and Eddie absolutely like bollocked him in front of the whole team. Like Wait, the coach? Com- yeah, his so assistant his coach, he so humiliated his own, his oh, own, right. his, his own assistant coach. He completely like ripped into him in front of the whole team. Everyone's sort of just like, wow. Okay, Eddie, like phew all right take it easy and uh, afterwards he um he pulls this coach over to the side and sits him down and he's like mate i'm really sorry about that i want to i want to apologize for how i spoke to you earlier mate uh, i've bought you a steak take it home eat it with your misses and <laughs> enjoy it and uh please accept my apology um so this coach is obviously like a little bit a little bit puzzled that um, <laughs> this guy who's just absolutely ripped into has just given him a piece of meat.
2: Well, did he have it in a the, the fridge or something? Like, did he have he this ready? <laughs> uh,
4: but he goes home and then uh, he's like telling his wife about this, and they get out the get out the griddle pan to to fry up this peace offering. Um, and he <laughs> he opens up the bag, and there's just there's no steak, but there's a packet of sausages in there. And then a text pops up in his phone from Eddie saying, "You're not ready for steak. You're a sausage. Up your game." <laughs> Mind games. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sausage mate. <laughs> I love how the
1: text is perfectly timed yeah, as well. Is he outside looking actually, through? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean what? <laughs> It's a weird it's gift so, from the beginning. Maybe yeah. it's... Is it a Tassie, Tasmanian <laughs> yeah. thing? I don't know. Normally, it might be flowers, chocolates, yeah. some sort of kind a of peace offering, maybe a bottle of wine. Yeah. I mean, a steak's kind of weird in the first place. Do you think his goal there is like, okay, I've humiliated in front of the players, now
1: I need to do yeah. it in front of the guy's wife yeah. as well? Because yeah. if so, job done. Yeah, You're not even safe in your own home. Right? <laughs> exactly. You hear a lot of stories about him like that, that he's just like... just. Not quite a bastard, but quite creative with it. Yeah. Mm.
2: He's now the Australia coach. Mm. So he's going to be, and I always wondered, like, because he was very good for England for, for a number of years, World Cup final and everything like that. I always wondered, are the Aussies not a bit annoyed that, like, we've got, like, this brilliant coach? that's got us to all these finals. And now maybe Australia there the whole time. We're like, yeah, Eddie. Yeah. No, you'll, you'll have a great time with Eddie. He's, he's awesome. Have, like are we gu- are we are gutted to not Enjoy. have any jokes. There was a
4: quote from one of the Australia players. I can't remember what it was. Who, it was, um, who said that um, he was like, yeah, so Eddie's coming in. We're all quietly shitting ourselves. <laughs> and he should be. He's, yeah.
1: he's basically at the, he's got quite a, like, Mourinho at Tottenham stage of his career now where like he's not even getting the honeymoon period at the beginning really. Yeah. It's just just pure bastardry. Yeah. Eddie against the world. Yeah. I do think Australia is shit and that is holding him back a bit. A little
2: bit. Team Eddie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, I the amount of sausages
2: that must be being doled out to the, to the team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Chuck that in, your fucking Barbie. <laughs> they lose to Uganda in the opening match of the World Cup or something. <laughs> I'll be like, there's been a lot of sausages yeah. hanging, handed out tonight. It's gonna be
4: those horrible frozen Linda McCartney yeah. ones that taste like cardboard. <laughs>
2: And they're in France as well, so they've got a big range of shit sausages <laughs> yeah. to choose. From, horse, the lo- the horse. Yeah, yeah. from the local carport. <laughs> Did you ever also see that story about him that Danny
1: Kerr, very experienced England scrum half, he like took Danny for a chat after a game and he like gave him his, his feedback and he goes, Do you have any feedback for me? And Danny was just like, Look, I'd I'd like a run in I'd, I'd like a run in this position. I think it really works me playing in this style. And he was like, don't you ever fucking talk back to me ever again. <laughs> never picked him again. Well, I think he, he dropped him for like four years. Wow. It's like, you asked me for feedback, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. Oh, I, I think it's it's unlikely he won't make our final seven. Would he be the coach maybe? Oh, so can we have eight by that? You guys pick the rules. He was a hooker. We might need a specialist hooker oh, for yeah. line out throwing. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. And sausage purchasing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to chuck another flanker in. I think he was a flanker. Andy Powell, ring any bells? Welshman. I think he, he played flanker. Nicknamed Brain Dead by his teammates. <laughs> Charming.
2: Brain nickname. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Is that just like they're using that nickname all the time I in the pub? So. Yeah,
2: poor fella. Mr. Brain Dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Brain Dead. <laughs> they, um, he he had one of those sort of like colourful careers where he's always sort of getting in trouble for bo- being out like boozing and scrapping. But there was one really colourful incident. After Wales beat Scotland in the Six Nations, um, they had a all-night bender celebrating. It was a big, big win. And the others went to bed, but Andy and an unnamed friend, possibly a teammate, decided they fancied a McDonald's. So they commandeered a golf buggy from their hotel and set off. Fast forward about half an hour and a police car is going down the m4 around junction 33 when they see in the middle lane andy powell and his mate <laughs> driving a golf buggy presumably about 20 miles an hour max
2: middle lane as well what's he doing? <laughs> cans in hand <laughs> one thing if you're like in the hard shoulder or even in the slow lane but like, what, yeah. what's he doing overtaking a lorry well, it's one of those exits
1: where you need to be in the fast oh, lane right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they, the the copper pulls them over. They fail a breathalyzer test, unsurprisingly, <laughs> and explain that they were going to the petrol station to get fags, right. which is a change of story from the McDonald's. But apparently, that's that's what he told
2: him. I guess if the local McDonald's is down the M4, then what yeah, are you going to do? Are you gonna like, get like, yeah.
1: There? yeah, I mean, why discriminate against people who live in the countryside? Yeah, yeah you've got to get there somehow. A bit harsh. Yeah, I think he got in quite a lot of shit for it.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you, you'd hope so. <laughs> And
1: I, I think that otherwise his career is just sort of like random boozing incidents, but he's just always remembered for the golf buggy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Great anecdote though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he'll be dining out on that in yeah. the after dinner circuit <laughs> for he years.
4: In some pubs. Did, did they get charged or something?
1: Yeah, I think he got done for drink driving because that's <laughs> technically the crime.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
4: And
2: maybe dangerous driving. Are you Would allowed?
4: You, is a golf buggy like are you Are allowed
2: to drive one drunk? I'm yeah, pretty sure you probably, can't have I mean, a golf buggy on the motorway. Drunk yeah. <laughs> or not. I'm <laughs> sure that's not a legitimate <laughs> Certainly motorway. an unwritten rule. <laughs> <laughs> not official.
4: Now, next up, we've got Elton Yanchis. Yanchis. Uh, one of the few who we might actually see at this World Cup. Fingers mm, crossed. Possibly, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, so this is South Africa's uh, backup fly half, who had- a very eventful 2022, it's fair to say. Um, so in uh, in May last year, he was flying home early from a family holiday in Turkey. So I think the rest of his, his wife and kids were staying behind. Um, and he ends up having uh, a few drinks on the flight and basically completely loses his marbles. Um, so he, <laughs> he breaks a glass to begin with, cuts his hand and then comes apparently stumbling through the cabin and spends 10 minutes hammering his fists on the toilet cubicle door um, <laughs> and yelling yelling, come out my darling in Afrikaans <laughs> is that Afrikaans a, uh, or Yorkshire <laughs>
1: come out my darling
4: <laughs> come out <laughs> my darling uh, uh, a, there's, a, there's a, an emirate stewardess who's locked herself in the in the toilet cubicle to try and get away from him and he's banging on the door so much that his fists are bleeding um, so this was a, a quote from for a passenger on the flight the blood of his knuckles was all over the toilet door and he was moving through the cabin, smearing blood on people's seats because he was walking clumsily. Oh my word. Which is pretty.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, um, this, this makes uh, Jermaine Penance uh, um, plain story feel quite tame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just passed out. <laughs> what's his
1: explanation of
4: what's I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he ever properly explained it, but he does end up getting away with it, kind of. So he does. He, he's in court, but he gets away with... Uh, Paying, a, he pays a fine to Emirates airline for uh, for smashing a TV screen and a light.
1: That's how his hands were bloody, I guess, from punching a screen. Punching in. From
4: yeah, perhaps. But you also, know, or, or just from hammering hammering this door and breaking I mean, the glass as well it's, it, it glass. seems like it loses- mostly
2: just self-inflicted pain all the way through this flight he,
4: he, he completely lost it poor stewardess as well we should say yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this, this is very terrifying for her
1: and that's not the last of Elton's no. no, no so, so
4: you think you think after that he might keep his head down and stay out of trouble but uh two months later he's uh he's caught cheating on his wife with uh the springboks team dietitian. Zenat Simji is her name. The lovely um, Zenat Simji. The lovely Zenat. On a, on a South Africa, I guess they're, they're playing, playing a match. They're in the team hotel and Elton and Zenat sneak out of the hotel uh, and check into their own place and apparently keep other hotel guests up through the whole night by just shagging really loudly.
0: Wow!
4: Um, and they end up, they, they rack up a £1,300 bill on a uh, champagne and candlelit dinners and then do a runner from the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is like,
2: well, yeah, you're, 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 you're a you're
4: backup fly half. You know, yeah, people know who you are. Yeah, yeah you're massive. <laughs> yeah, in size. Well, yeah, what's,
1: what what's the long term plan there? I guess is the question.
4: Yeah, I mean. He doesn't strike me as a guy who thinks too far in the future, (laughs) to be honest. Also doesn't
2: sound like the greatest dietitian. (laughs) 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 I think we should drink a load of champagne. Are you sure that's the best thing for my body? Yeah, definitely, definitely. My my biggest gripe with this is that the
1: dietitian ordered a club sandwich for a a player. Oh, right. She should know better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Worst of all, (laughs) she fucked the calorie count right up. (laughs) That is the big scandal behind this. I, I'll just hear that. And-
1: yeah. he, he gets dropped for this, doesn't he? Uh,
4: I think so, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I, his,
1: his long-suffering wife, who I think it's called Eva, I think has taken him back. Really? But she must be nice. Come on, Mary. Very, very patient woman. Very patient woman. <laughs> he's. I, I don't know if he's going to make the World Cup. I was looking it up. He's like, he slipped from second choice to fourth. I'd say his... His big 2022 off the pitch has coincided with a bit of a dip in form anyway. And a few big names have come through. It's and, weird that. <laughs> yeah, so, so <laughs> so weird. It's a bloody one. club sandwich, I told you. <laughs> uh, So I don't know if he's going to make the World Cup, but they they, they dropped him because of his dodgy year. And then they had to call him up because they had an injury crisis in June. So like, he's not. Is the dietician still in the squad? the squad? You no, know. She interestingly has denied that it's her. She said it was someone else. But he has done like a... Um, uh, an interview in which he said, I wish none of this had happened, but it's true. It's all true. So she's like, cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't know if she's still gainfully employed by the South African, by the spring box. Yeah. Right. Well, after that sordid tour of Elton Janchi's 2022, here's a slightly more cuddly, warmer character, Mr. Jason Leonard, Bit of an old school favourite what's Jason done wrong surely oh, nothing I, I know I almost feel bad doing this to be <laughs> fair it's on, on the scale of
2: uh, you know he's not he's not at Elton Janji's Lawrence Delaglio's level okay Well, I was going to say he seems just like a a nice man. He is. He's (laughs) lovely.
4: I mean, you, you know the story about it. Zach, actually, had you heard of him before? Uh, Jason Leonard. I've got a Jason Leonard tattoo. Yeah. Fun bus. My my inner thigh. (laughs)
1: England's most cat player. I think that's still true. That might, he might have been overtaken. Nicknamed Fun Bus. Great nickname. I think because Mm. he was, he was wearing a red shirt, a lion's shirt, and it was very tight and he's a, big old lad. It's it's not because of his uh, drink driving history, Mm. which we'll, we'll skate over. That's, that's not why he's on the list. Um, You know, Jason's a sort of, uh, he's the fun loving character of the England rugby team for about a decade. There's a, he sort of starts in the era where rugby's amateur. It's all about boozing off the pitch, having a laugh with your mates, but then it goes professional and he's, he's still in the England team. And there's a story about when England hire a nutritionist, and they're having the sort of initial consultation with Jason and the nutritionist asks about his drinking. And it's like, how much do you drink, drink a week? And, uh, and Jason goes, well, 28. And he's, he's like, what? You, you drink 28 pints a week. And Jason replies, no, that's 28 pints on the Saturday and then eight to cool the head on Sunday. <laughs> so I mean, he's a big, big boozer. Uh, I, I saw him at the cricket last summer or the one before, and he was just sort of standing on the, uh, the stairs by where people sit. And people, because it's Jason Leonard, people just keep coming up to him and buying him pints. He was there, I think, on his own or with one mate. And honestly, in an hour, I saw him put away, like... Close to ten pints.
2: Did people bring those uh, things that you tend to get mostly at the cricket, where it's like um, the cardboard, but they've made it so you can carry eight beers at once? Just <laughs> for Jason. Here you go. <laughs> fun bu- It's for fun bus. Yeah. <laughs> <On> the house. <laughs> he was honestly, he's just putting them away. Man's
1: a beast. But that's not the real reason that I've put him on this list. And it's possibly unfair to call him a reprobate in the context of this, but it's just too good not to share. The reason I put him on this list is because of his massive left bollock (laughs) um obviously this is a podcast so you'll need to get on google but uh if if that's possible just google Google the words jason leonard giant bollock (laughs) result number two is is from the upshot it's from our twitter feed so you you can see a triptych of of photos here and he i mean it might be his whole package but are you guys looking at it yet? Yeah, it's a very, very strange picture. <laughs> I think it's one giant bollock. And look, obviously this could be a health condition, in which case we wish Jason all the best. Mm. But it would be remiss of us not to mention it because it's massive and it's quite <laughs> spherical. It's,
4: yeah, it uh, looks like a large beanbag or something. Yeah, There's stuff down there.
2: It, actually on one occasion, occasion it moves maybe, maybe to the right side
4: so it could be the whole package
2: wear it and wear it proud i guess if you've yeah. got a massive bollock you know <laughs> you, have, you kind of have no choice really. yeah you might as well yeah. you know just go with it you don't think he's a sock stuffer That you <laughs> i mean that's a weird thing to want to be like <laughs> it's not an <laughs> a... <Extensuated. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just the bollock well
4: it's not a, it's not a rugby related injury you know rugby players have the cauliflower ears it's not a cauliflower (laughs) bollock (laughs) good old fun bus anyway that's why i've got
1: him in i don't think he's a wrong or a
2: reprobate i think he's a bloody nice guy actually but had to draw attention to that great we've had some great nicknames so far brain dead and fun bus (laughs) (laughs) um
4: so next one coming up james haskell who
2: i think james haskell is really like a Tip,
4: your typical rugby lad like we we're talking all about these initiations and he was really like that from the start so um there's this story from his autobiography that he sees so about about 14 at this age and a um a builder who's working his parents house um comes up to him and he's like james you like uh you like dirty mags and he's like, oh,
2: "Don't I?" <laughs> <laughs>
4: and uh, so, bit. so this, uh, yeah. So he obviously, says yes. And this builder comes in the next day with an absolute, like, massive stash of of porn mags. Bit weird from
2: the builder. Fourteen. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he knows he's making that guy's month. Yeah, I, I, something similar. I remember happened at school where a, a friend got given some porn mags by possibly a builder at a bus stop. And bus- yeah,
4: <laughs> is this grooming?
1: Uh, yeah. In hindsight, doesn't it? <laughs> it was different times. The, same, yeah.
4: <laughs> the same builder. He's just been on a rampage around the porn mag merchant, yeah.
2: just going
4: round <laughs> doing your bricks. <laughs> Starting to view the story a bit differently, actually yeah. <laughs> So, what does he do with the mags? so he ends up I, I guess once he's once he's worked his way through them himself um he he ends up to, he decides he should flog them at school, so he ends up stuffing a stuffing a brief, briefcase full of these magazines and um and taking to the school and selling them around the playground, which you know is kind of kind of light hearted uh but it, it quickly gets a bit darker so uh James graduates from being the sort of school porn baron to <laughs> Uh, producing his own material, so this uh, this is a story from boarding school where him and his mate hid a camera in uh, the wardrobe of his mate's bedroom and filmed him shagging his girlfriend, uh, and then spread the video around school. Which is uh, she staying with him after that? I hope not. Oh, I mean, wow. it's pretty. That's, that pretty, so that's pretty. That's pretty. That's out of order. Yeah,
2: and a crime.
4: You, certainly I'm pretty, is now, I sure. it was
2: then. Yeah, Not trying to get down to the nitty gritty, but he's born in 1985. What kind of medium is he? Is this like a V8? Is he selling like DVDs, VHSs? So he's right. 16,
1: so 2001, digital camera, digital camera. Did you have ever, are you guys a bit young for the sort of Casio digital camera era? Yeah. So phone oh, cameras aren't yeah. too grainy at that point, or oh, okay. possibly non-existent, but everyone had, well not everyone, a lot of people, particularly at James's school, <laughs> would have had <laughs> these like small Casio cameras. I'm just... Speculating, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like a man for experience. Yeah. So, um. yeah, yeah. I, I think he, he was uh, a bit oh, of an animal at school, but he was an yeah. England rugby prospect. So everyone mm. just sort of like, because I think his mate gets kicked
4: out of school for it, but he, yeah, doesn't. he gets suspended, and his mate gets expelled. Rightly so. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you if you thought that he'd sort of toned things down a little bit after after going pro, then you'd be wrong. Um So in in uh, twenty sixteen um haskell was captain of of wasps and he organized their end of season party so he arranged this uh this riverboat cruise down the thames which sounds sounds pretty lovely charming right? <laughs> really, really hot summer as well wasn't it it's was probably lovely yeah sign so, yeah. me up um uh this was just to give you a, a little intro to it this was a quote from the staff member who said it started out as a bit of fun but it turned into something dark and wrong <laughs>
2: we've heard that before so so apparently yeah it's quite poetic
4: (laughs) dark and raw it's very 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 ominous uh and what else was ominous was that uh as soon as the uh as soon as they the team arrived on the the on the boat um haskell ordered the staff to turn off the cctv and hand in their phones uh, which you know Bells, bells are ringing. Yeah, yeah, bells are <laughs> <a good job. laughs>
2: Has the boat set sail yet? Uh,
1: oh. So it's not just going to be the riverboat crew. You
4: <laughs> see them just grabbing the life rings and throwing themselves <laughs> overboard. How
2: many lifeboats are there? Yeah. <laughs> Distress signal goes off. <laughs> a flare goes past Big Ben.
1: <laughs> also, at that
2: one you're
4: not like. I'm not giving you my
1: phone and turning off the yeah. CCTV, mate.
4: <laughs> he he knew what was coming. Um, so this is according to a, a Daily Mail article about it. Um, <laughs> Haskell was dressed in a blonde wig and red dress and presided over a kangaroo court, which dished out, dished out disgusting forfeits. Um, so the players have already performed sex acts on each other and behaved like animals. What sex acts? Do you want to know? I- of course, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually don't at know. The bit here, mate. <laughs> uh i don't know i actually don't know my guess based off
1: extensive knowledge of weird rugby videos online is sort of like balls in the mouth yeah um maybe balls over the eye sockets and
2: i don't know is that a sex act or is that are we talking (laughs) flaccid here It's certainly nothing that's happened at a party I've been to. So. <laughs> sure, sure, same. <laughs> but Not you know, the BC but same.
4: <laughs> they apparently left the top deck covered in feces. <laughs> <Just> Fucking <laughs> hell! So whatever kind of sex act these were, they were very, very. Horrible. That's pretty and nice like this, this, is on the, this is on the top deck as well. Like this is, I imagine they're like <laughs> going under like Richmond Bridge and there's yeah. these families on their way to Kew Gardens. <laughs>
1: is there not a thing where they call the poop deck? What is the poop, the poop deck on the boat? Had to go there.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so what, what's going on there? What, there's just like a forfeit where you have to like shit on someone? I don't someone. know. So
4: apparently, it's according, according to a stripper who was on board, a young player was humiliated with a beer bottle, um, which... Haskell Haskell denies that this happened but I don't know this is what the the stripper said who actually interestingly the stripper uh, also did a lap dance with Simon Cowell on Britain's Got Talent oh really same stripper yeah. she get the golden Curious. buzzer
2: yeah <laughs> um, bit of trivia for you yeah always good to put your strippers in context yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you may remember her from such shows
0: yeah. just name three
2: clubs and we'll get it yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, i mean it's kind of ironic that um he got in trouble when he was a kid for filming something but then this incident not filmed i guess maybe you could say learn from his lessons yeah maybe wisdom yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so how does this go
1: down is there are there repercussions or is that yeah war? so
4: so what was quite weird about this was that james haskell's dad also helped him to organize this party oh, what? <laughs> i think his dad is his agent okay for me it's right. a bit weird but but then, so afterwards, uh, the, the boat operators complain to wasps about, yeah, all of this. Yeah, why is my
2: top <laughs> deck covered in shit? <laughs>
4: why are we scrubbing human feces off
2: the. I'd complain if it was my boat.
4: <laughs> um, Haskell, Haskell Senior, so James Haskell's dad, sends them an email, uh, sends an email to the boat operator saying. Instead of being smart and dealing with me directly, you have now very foolishly escalated this nonsense directly to the club. Rarely have I encountered someone so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> have you met your son? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, isn't there another component to this? I was just looking.
1: The stripper says that the players are sitting in a line touching themselves. Yeah. And there are like families on the riverbanks who can see them. Because the Thames is not a very wide river. No. You know, you can probably, it was a hot day. You can probably see some of what's going on. You can definitely see, like, rugby lads getting
2: naked. Yeah. Imagine just like tourists landed in London. It's your dream. It's the it's, yeah. the, it's the city of Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> the Houses of Parliament, <laughs> Winston so, Churchill, that going and past? all the sights. <laughs> oh, look at them having fun on that. But oh, cover your eyes. There must
1: be some who are on the like Jack the Ripper tour, and it's like, do you want to see the real London? A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gothic horror for you. <laughs> <laughs> he is a mate of his who I want to propose. I wouldn't say he's in any way at the same end of the spectrum. Mr. Joe Marler, England prop, Harlequin's prop, sort of a, quite a almost thoughtful gentleman off the field at times with a sort yeah. of side of, in my opinion, slightly unfunny comedy. But, you know, seems like a pretty decent bloke.
2: Yeah. Well, he kind of plays on the whole, like, I've got a screw loose kind of mm. com- uh, character, but has kind of like championed like men's mental health and speaking out and stuff like that but he's definitely another one who's made him gone gone down the personality route mm. and you know, he's an interesting character but he's a bit of an animal on the field so you might
1: remember he groped wales captain alan Wynne Jones's package during a six nations game right and I think he got banned for that. There's there's a video of it. Um, then there was another game where he co- he told a player your mum's a whore. So just he keeps getting banned for these little things. Um, but the story I wanted to include him for is is one he mentions in his book, which is during a freezing cold game in southern France in Biarritz. He was so cold that he pissed himself to stay warm
2: during a match. See, I hear that, and I just think like, I guess you got, if if it's that cold, do what yeah, you got to do. Not ideal. Does it not make you colder though. in the long run?
4: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but short short term gains. So that I mean that's Joe Marler's tip for
1: staying warm. I'm not sure it worked that well. I I d I don't think he's that much of a like wrong and bad guy, but he is just right. liable for these moments of being a bit of a reprobate.
4: Another good anecdote, really. I don't know if he's necessarily reprobate or wrong in category uh but colin smart who you may remember he's a ret- retired prop who played for england in the in the late 70s early 80s and he's in here solely for one story which is known as the aftershave incident <laughs> so in uh <laughs> aftershave gate aftershave gate yeah uh so in this is 1982 and uh england had beaten france in paris i think um and at the the dinner after the game uh, each of the england players are given a little bottle of aftershave as a as a gift and one of uh, one of colin's teammates empties his uh, his bottle of aftershave fills it with wine and then drinks it and colin spots this from down the table and assumes assumes that he's just necked his aftershave and not wanting to be outdone you know he sees this himself as the the team's big drinker he Next his bottle of, of cologne. <laughs> and, um and well, like, unprompted.
2: Yeah. Like no one's actually asked you to do this, Colin. You're just like
4: that's yeah. impressive. Lead from the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unsurprisingly within an hour he's in an ambulance on the way to hospital to get his stomach pumped. <laughs> yeah.
2: he's, got, he's got a bit of pack of raban in his stomach. Yeah. There is booze in it, isn't there?
4: It's, out, yeah, it's got alcoholic
1: it content, probably too much. It's, yeah.
4: It's more sort of ethanol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
2: like in prison they drink hand sanitizer or used to, is it yeah. like that? I guess. But maybe that maybe you wean yourself up to it. You don't know, yeah. just down one on day one. You yeah. have some spice
4: first. There was a good quote from Steve Smith, who was the scrum half, who said, He may have been unwell, but Colin had the nicest breath I've ever smelt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, Very, way.
1: Good. Very good. Right, who we got next? Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. He's a proper bloody reprobate for you. Justin Harrison. The year is 2009. Justin Harrison is a linchpin in a bath side who are getting some results on the pitch, but also are starting to become the subject of rumours about their conduct off it. And these rumours escalate when prop Matt Stevens is, he, he fails a drugs test and it's caught taking cocaine. Matt Stevens, very high-profile player, played for England as well. And Matt Stevens is asked is is drug taking endemic at, at Bath Rugby, and he says, "Let me dispel that myth entirely. There is no drug problem at Bath. It is untrue that all rugby players are cokeheads." That defence lasts about three weeks, and then Bath have their end of season party. They decide to hold it at Picture and Piano on Fulham Road lovely lovely spot and they get a they get a bus from bath to london and the tone is set quite early when justin harrison the the hero of this story gets he grabs the microphone you know on those coaches there's a microphone for making important announcements about where the loo is and he just grabs it and he just goes class a is okay class a is okay (laughs) and everyone's like oh i think there's two camps in the bath team there's the coke heads who are cheering along (laughs) probably a little bit like is this a bad idea and then there's the concerned citizens the dwindling number of concerned citizens It's a bit like the uh, Wasps boat trip.
2: Yeah. Anyway, uh,
1: they they make it down to London and they they get to Pitcher and Piano. And I actually think the, the atmosphere is pretty friendly. They bump into the Harlequins team who are also having a really good time. And apparently it's, it's quite friendly. They're all getting on the two teams. Apart from Justin Harrison, who won't leave Harlequins captain Will Skinner alone. Will Skinner's dressed as a Transformer. He's just trying to enjoy his day. Um, And, and, uh, you know, uh, Harrison's like poking at his costume and pulling it and just being fucking annoying. Anyway, there's a shoving match in the end. One of them's like, right outside and they go outside to fight. And with the first punch, Skinner just lands a haymaker on Harrison who bites the dust, just falls to the ground. And at this point, there's like camera phones around, you know, in, in this part of London, rugby players are probably famous enough that yeah. it's going to be obvious. They're all so tall, it's obvious. So the Bath players scarper onto the bus and just, just hot foot it back to the West Country where they can enjoy their cocaine in peace. <laughs> anyway, the club launched an inquiry and demand drug tests for everyone. Four players refuse, including both of the club's co-captains wow. uh, and Justin Harrison. Who, uh, refuses to take one. He's released by the club. And then about nine months later, he admits, like, yeah, yeah I have been known to enjoy the odd, the bag, <laughs> the odd, the odd, what I believe they refer to in Fulham as nose pims. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bag. Uh, and that's kind of the end of his career. He has a little bit of, um, little bit of time in France, I think, but he's now the head of the Australian Rugby Players
2: Association. So. Wow. all's well that ends well looking forward to seeing the standards yeah. that, uh, <laughs> runs the a tight ship i heard that justin harrison um because he played in the world cup final that england won but he played for australia and um it's always that debate isn't it when um, players always force a stay on the pitch and go get their silver medal and it's always yeah quite hard to watch them isn't it and some players take it off apparently justin harrison not only just took it off he then uh, they went on a kind of uh, team night out afterwards to drown their sorrows and he threw his silver medal into Sydney Harbour. Oh, really? Wow. Mate, you're not Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he had his Muhammad Ali moment. and Did then, he call it that? Yeah, because well, years later, it was actually quite a nice, I think, like an Australian, like, daytime news channel represented him with his uh, silver medal like an official one from, from the RFU because he said he was his biggest regret was because uh, he can't show his grandkids his uh, they didn't his, his... It wasn't
4: the one they didn't dredge the no I don't think the they got the scuba and team <laughs> and went
2: and found it at the bottom of the Sydney yeah. Harbour I think they just made another one but it seemed like a nice touching moment yeah. in fairness yeah. it's
1: interesting that was his biggest regret and not chanting class yeah, no. A's, okay.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess maybe on daytime Australian news he yeah. probably went for a nice safe regret.
1: Any regrets, Justin? (laughs)
2: So yeah, he's a bit of a reprobate. And then
1: it would be remiss of us not to include one of the most talented players of his generation who just couldn't keep himself out of the tabloids. And that's Danny Cipriani, a player who I feel very warmly about. So I don't wish to denigrate him at all, but he did just have this unfortunate habit of getting caught up in these little scrapes and scandals. Danny burst onto the scene in the mid-naughties. And before he played for England, he already had himself a celebrity girlfriend in the form of the lovely Monica Irimia, who you may know better as one half of the Cheeky Girls. Incredible. Naughty <laughs> sensation. <laughs> is course. this the same one that went out with Lembert Opik? That's the other one. And oh, in okay. fact, there is an amazing photo. Google it. <laughs> Lembert Opik and Danny Cipriani at some fairly zedless celebrity event with the Cheeky Girls. <laughs> so it's I'm just looking pic. at it now.
2: I mean, the difference between, like, Danny Cipriani, who is a real, like, Chunk. charming-looking yeah, man, hunk. kind of got Zac Efron vibes to him, and then Lembit Opik. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Why, I, I one of them's come God. out better out of yeah,
1: that. I find Lembit quite charming, actually. I've always quite liked the bloke. Well,
2: <laughs> he must have some of this. If you listen
1: to talk sport in the early noughties at sort of 2am, he might be on there discussing whether aliens have visited us, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, and his relationship with the cheeky girl. I saw the, uh, I saw the cheeky girls one time. In, uh, <laughs> not live unfortunately i would oh, love oh. to see them live but i saw them i saw them in in the wild in a, being cheeky um in uh i was at the i think it was the royal festival hall at the south bank i was just sitting in the cafe and suddenly it was like is that the cheeky girls walking through the the lobby, they're literally just walking like side by side, like almost in time, like their legs moved in time with each other. Okay, <laughs> and we they, are they, the cheeky we, girls,
2: so they point at you yeah. and go, You are the cheeky <laughs> boys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they did, they did actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's my brush with cheeky, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's
4: the cheekiest I've ever felt.
0: <laughs>
1: I think it might be the cheekiest Danny ever felt because after that he becomes a bit of a tabloid obsession. He has his debut for England in 2008, which is still considered one of the greatest debuts in international rugby history. He's really sort of conducting the whole show. But as the British press like to do, they they set, build him up, then they knock him down. And pretty soon they are, you know, outside Mayfair clubs with their long lenses, papping him a bit drunk, getting into fights. There's various drink driving charges as well, which is sort of par for the course for these sort of like enfants terrible of, of sport. Uh, and then there's, there's quite a nasty sting, I think, done by who else? The News of the World, who presumably were all over his voicemails. They do a story that he's been sleeping. He stars in a music video, a Jamelia music video, if you remember Jamelia. Yeah, great, great Mm. pop star. And he stars in a music video with this reality TV star called Larissa Summers. And they sleep together a few times until the news of the world reveal that Larissa Summers uh, has transitioned from being a man and uh, is transgender, which, you know, is obviously dealt with all the care and taste you can imagine from a mid-noughties tabloid. Yeah, (laughs) It's pretty cruel. His teammates are all like taunting him over it. I think it's really cruel to Larissa as well. Um, And from that point onwards, they're just like looking for ways to catch him out. I would say Danny doesn't do himself many favours. There's a, um, there's several England, he gets recalled by England and he's set to play against Ireland and he goes out and gets pissed that night. So they drop him. There's uh, a pub crawl in Leeds. There's a Leeds student pub crawl called the Otley Run.
2: Yeah. So I know about this story. So um, it was, uh, he was doing the Otley Run and uh, if you've ever done the Otley Run, it's basically a series of about 20 pubs um, all down the Otley Road in, in Leeds. And it starts, I think at a pub called the Three Horseshoes. And eventually it is as far as you can get into town basically. And uh yeah, didn't he get hit by the number six bus?
1: <laughs> that is the exact bus, yeah. <laughs> In fancy dress. But yeah, no, pretty unfortunate incident. I mean, I'm not sure he did anything wrong there, but it kind of added to this narrative of like, this guy's wild. He has a string, he has an impressive string of sort of um, noughties slash reality TV girlfriends. He obviously goes out with a cheeky girl. He goes out with Kelly Brooke, Kirsty Gallagher, Katie Price, who in her memoirs nicknames him Danny Chipolata because of the size of his willy. (laughs) A cruel (laughs) (laughs) jive. Lara Bingle, who's a sort of like celeb in Australia. Lindsay Lohan, he goes out with. Really? God. Caroline Flack, which obviously they became good friends. That's obviously very sad. Um, But yeah, he has these like celeb girlfriends. And I think... I think he should have been given more of a run for England, but you know, every time he gets his chance, something does tend to go wrong. In 2018, he's, he's picked for England. And then literally like within 48 hours, he gets into a fight at a nightclub in Jersey on a preseason tour. And he assaults a bouncer and a policewoman. Um, and that, mm. that ends up, you know, yeah, he's not doing himself do. any favors. Is it? Yeah. So that's a bit of the narrative. He's quite a sort of interesting character now. You know, he's, he's quite like explored his personality, but he just had these things throughout his career.
2: Mm. Troubled genius. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Hell mm. of a player. We've now got to whittle this down to our seven. So let's, let's just talk absolute shoe ins first, shall we? Yeah. I think we have Cipriani just for skill and you know, it's nice to have a bit of glamour. It's nice to, you know, bring a cheeky girl along. Get
2: let's have Jordan in the
4: stands,
2: <laughs> selling stories about yeah. us. Yeah, we'll just make sure we keep half an eye on him on the pub crawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just keep a close leash on him. Yeah.
1: Okay. Don't sit him next to Justin Harrison on the bus.
2: Yes, <laughs> and I, I'd
1: like. Well, actually, let's let's have more shoe-ins. James Haskell. James Haskell, one hundred percent. Give him the armband.
4: Uh, got yeah, to, we've got to Lawrence. be Lawrence we'll we'll Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence Delalio. He's
2: obviously. And <laughs> yeah, captain because we need someone to organize a good party yep. for the team and we know that James is the man for that. Yeah, yeah. Although Delalio <laughs> so can organize the
4: afters. The after <laughs> yeah, party, yeah, I think yeah. there's no better man. He'll, for be, he'll be up all night,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> So those three
1: who interestingly are all from the same generation at Wasps or more or less overlapping. Yeah. no comment on the on the team. RIP, Wasp, It doesn't exist anymore, does it?
2: I'd quite like Brain Dead to be in there. Just, just yeah. Um Yeah. Well, Why? Just because it's fucking Brain Dead. Yeah. <laughs> great. Burke. Great nickname. Good story. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move life and limb to go get you a Mackie D's as well he'll yeah. do anything if you asked him could you go get me six nugs it's
4: 3 a.m you're yeah. in the middle of nowhere yeah you've got to try all home. there is is a golf buggy to get around <laughs> but it's uh it's no obstacle for for Andy <laughs> sign of a good mate yeah you've kind of got the whole thing
1: going now you've got Haskell organizing the party delay on afters and Powell for the yeah up.
4: do you need
2: someone for pre-drinks
1: who um, else have we got? Well, Elton- Jason
2: Leonard sounds like the man for free drinks. He, he, can, he can put away oh, yeah. twenty eight beers, so True. in <laughs> he goes. Fun bus. Yeah.
4: Elton Elton Yanchi's gotta be in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah of nice a- of a current one. Okay,
1: so there's one spot left.
2: My candidate would be Eddie Jones, because he's just a bastard. Or maybe we have him as coach. Joe marler I feel like, hasn't done enough wrong
4: I for agree. me. I do um, I like uh Colin Smart.
2: The yeah, off, the aftershave drinker,
4: <laughs> aftershave guzzler Colin yeah. Smart.
2: Well, and that's and again, if we if we're effectively building a party team here, mm. Colin Smart's there for the party tricks. Exactly. Love yeah, that. yeah, In he goes the post dinner entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I thought you yeah. had that covered, but yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, some yeah, yeah. tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> we've got a bottle of Hugo Boss. Yeah,
1: you also, it's good to have somebody who's old school, yeah, 80s yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God yeah, knows yeah. what else they got up to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll have those seven. Should I read them out? Yeah. So we've got Danny Cipriani bringing some glamour. James yeah. Haskell organising the main events of the day, confiscating phones and turning off the CCTV. Lawrence Delalio is lending us his credit card to spend on various nefarious activities. Yep. Andy Powell's nipping out to get McDonald's on the M4 <laughs> <laughs> in a golf buggy. Jason Leonard, fun bus, is putting away 28 pints yep. and letting everyone have a look at his giant bollock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, another party <laughs> trick. Yeah, but- Elson
1: and Janches is kind of team wrongin'. Yeah, yeah bit, of a, bit of a naughty one mm, Colin um. Smart necking aftershave <laughs> shits and giggles and then we'll have Eddie Jones
4: organising them all and being a bit of a bastard throughout needlessly <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Eddie Jones and sending sausages to them all the
4: next day <laughs> yeah. just get him on Elton Yanchi's I reckon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Minder a Minder and Mark <laughs> yeah. he'll sort
1: him
3: out
4: <laughs> yeah, the rest oh. of them have a good time
1: well guys there you have it the Rugby World Cup is upon us please follow us subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it check out our newsletter at upshot.email we're also on twitter but for now guys thank you very much sammy james thanks very much
2: thank you thanks for having me
1: and zach thanks very much mate thank you jack see you guys soon